Good morning or good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is you're watching this. Uh, hope you're having a great uh, Monday. Happy Monday. Hello, Angie, John, Chris. Glad you could uh, make it on. I hope your your day is going well. Um, mine, mine was going good up until about, I don't know. Well, it's still going good. Just kind of took a little bit of a turn about, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. I, I don't know. Just kind of getting ready and and walk around. And and I, I'm not sure why. I, I think I know why this popped back in my head. But a couple weeks ago, uh, I heard a song. And uh, my taste in music is is often uh, kind of laughed at. And, and I get teased about it. I like really old country music, like country music older than I am. But this is a song from the late 90s, and, it, and I heard it a couple weeks ago, and it popped back into my head. And the, the lyrics behind it, old, yes, very old, like older than me. Um, to, to kind of date it, my, one of my favorite songs was released in 1980. Just, I was a year old. So uh, the, the, the song popped back into my head, and, and the lyrics behind it got me really emotional. I mean, so emotional. I've got my, my tissue here. I was wiping tears away. It was kind of funny. Um, but I, I think it goes along with, with what we're, we're talking about today in God wanting to, to be with us and, and dwell with us and, and make us his temple his his place of dwelling inside of us. And, uh, so the the song was it, it's a Brad Paisley song. It's uh, uh, titled "He Didn't Have to Be," and he's just talking about um, the this guy that came into his life, chose to to you know take him on as a son, and uh, and him uh, this guy and, and and mom got married, so uh, he's just you know reliving that and and saying he hopes that he's going to be can be half the dad that this guy didn't have to be you know he he chose him and that was a very special thing to to choose a kid like this and so i don't know it really got me emotional thinking about the choice that god has made for us and and done so from the very beginning from from the foundations of the earth we know that uh Jesus was destined to do what he did on our behalf and bring us back into the family, make a way for us to, to be brought back in. And so anyways, um, that's kind of a, a, a story that just kind of like took me for a left turn and really kind of got me emotional this morning. So it was, uh, it was funny and uh, interesting all at the same time. So uh, today, I, I want to talk a little bit more about what we went into yesterday in the tabernacle, and uh, I, I briefly touched on on this that we are now God's tabernacle. There, there is no more uh, tent of the meeting where you have to go and make sure that you are uh, made clean for this sacred space that uh, that that is. Uh, can only be entered in 
through a, a holiness that is, is required on the person. And so there is uh, offerings that take place to to make to make the priest fit for uh, the sacred space so they could go in and, and do the things that they were instructed to do. And uh, now, after what Jesus did on our behalf on the cross, we are now that sacred space. And and how are we regarding that? How is it that we we view ourselves as as the temple, as the sacred space, the dwelling place of God? Because that was the point of the tabernacle was God wanted a place to to dwell among his people. There are very specific and detailed instructions that, that came with that and and order that took place in that dwelling in that that communion of god with his people and so uh i want to touch on that now on on this side of the cross to to look at that and say we are now the temple and how are we regarding that how are we uh looking at us our own personal selves as a sacred space and not just that when when we are coming together in oneness how are we viewing the, the larger body, the body of Christ, the church as sacred space as well. And looking at that, because if we're not viewing one another in that manner, we're, we're not looking at people rightly in, in who they are and who God sees them as. And so I think that's important as well to, to keep in mind when we think about ourselves as the temple, we have to think about the body of Christ as well and the church. And I want to read through today, 1 Corinthians 6, and, and talk about this. And the, the highlight of what is going on here is in the last two verses, but I want to look at the whole chapter because I think it's, I think it's all relevant there. So 1 Corinthians 6, it says, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to the law before the, the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So what he's saying here is, you know, if you you have a grievance against one another, why would you take it before a, 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 a court that isn't part of the body of Christ. Why, why would you take it to, to the law that is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, secular. In, instead of bringing it to, to the body. It, it, he's asking, don't you know that? Uh, uh, are you incompetent to be able to handle these matters? Don't you know that you're going to be uh, handling much more significant matters? later verse excuse me verse four so if you have such cases why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church i say this to your shame can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers but brother goes to law against brother and that before unbelievers so he's reiterating that point in some more plain language why, why would you take this outside of the church? You, you, there, there's got to be 
those among you that are competent enough to handle these cases. To have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers. So this is a problem, obviously, in the Corinthian church, but it is an example for us that we have bigger matters that we are going to attend to. And we need to keep that in mind. Verse 9 says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This statement right here, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And and I started thinking about this one, and it really took me to to the question of what does he mean by unrighteous? Well, yes, he, he goes on here and he says, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So he goes through this long list. And and yes, that that those are all unrighteous acts. But but what does he mean that uh, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, if you are a believer, one who walks in faith, you're not going to be doing anything from that list that he he rattles off there. And uh, he, he's he's saying here that righteousness is is your faith, your belief in Jesus. You're, if you're following him, you're not going to be doing any of these things. It's just not going to be something you do. Right. I mean, you could jump over to Second Corinthians uh, five and look at uh, because of, of belief in Christ, there is there's a compulsion to to follow after him. You know, one died for all. Therefore, all have died. So you're they're They're compelled to to live in a manner that that says, oh, on my behalf, Jesus died. So, so this list he's rattling off. It, it's not something that's going to be be a concern because of the righteousness that is counted towards me because of my belief that the faith that I have. You can go back to Abraham and look at what was counted from him to him because of faith, because of belief. It was righteousness. And so this is not something that that the righteous, those who believe, are going to be worried about. Verse 11, and such were, were some of you going through all this list. He's, he's writing to the Corinthians, uh, the, the church there at Corinth, and telling these people, some of you were were involved in these things. Some of some of you acted out these sins and and, and lived in them. And he says, "And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God." And, and for for you grammar zealots out there who who love this kind of stuff, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it just it, it illustrates here that we are wrapped up inside of him. Right. We, we, are, we are in Jesus. And so we were washed, sanctified and justified because we are in him. And it was done by the spirit of our God. In Jesus, that's where we are. Washed, justified, sanctified in him and by the Spirit of God. That's incredible. In Jesus, by the Spirit. 
these these little things right here they get get me excited just those two little words in and by and and they 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 open up so much to be able to say wow look at what god has done on my behalf what he has brought me into what he has chosen me and called me and and there there needs to be a regard there for this stuff you have to look at this and say wow not only is this this awesome it, it's it's full of awe and wonder but this was done for me by the one who created me and created everything around us it's absolutely incredible and so where where is my regard for this where is my regard for for other image bearers here who also were chosen who also were in Christ and and have been washed, sanctified, and justified, just like me. There should be a regard there for the oneness that we're sharing in this, in Christ, by the Spirit of God. Paul goes on in, in verse 12 and says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. He uses this same same uh, uh, saying in uh, chapter 10, and, and it says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So there's a slight variation on the end where not all things build up. In this one, he says, I will not be dominated by anything. He is not wanting his temple dominated by anything except for Jesus Christ. That's it. That is is the dominant nature that he's speaking about here. He doesn't want anything to take over, not just his body, but the body of Christ, the the, the church at large. We we can get wrapped up and focus on ourselves and and miss oneness, and, and I don't want us to do that. Verse 13 says, Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And this is this is further illustrating yes it is a powerful illustration because it's further talking about the defilement of the temple the sacred space where where god wants to dwell where he desires to dwell he desires to dwell within us he he made that clear with the tabernacle he wanted to dwell amongst his people 
that wasn't that wasn't enough for him. God wanted to even to be even closer to you. He he wanted to to dwell within you, within your very own heart. And he wanted to bring everyone together. And he did that through Jesus. And so defiling the the temple is is what is being talked about here. Defiling the, the, the tabernacle that you are, that sacred space. Verse 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So he asked the question in verse 19, do you not know these things? Do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you. And then he makes the statement, you are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. The, the, the precious lifeblood of God himself was poured out to make a way for you, to, to, to purchase you. That was the price. That was the price to, to get even closer to you. That the external uh, uh, building or this tent where you would go to meet God was not enough. He desired a more intimate relationship and a, a stronger connection with you than even that. So Jesus came and and bought you with the price of his precious blood. The, the very life that that flowed through him. And wow, it's it's uh if that doesn't pull regard out of you for the fact that that you are a temple that houses the spirit of god i'm not sure what is going to convince you to seek after righteousness to pursue holiness to be obedient to what god is calling you into I'm not sure what's going to convince you of that. It, it is it is a, a, a space of sacredness inside of us that needs more regard. You are, are chosen by God. He chose you specifically. He put you on earth at the time and place that he wanted you. Because he has a, a, a mission for you. I know we use the term assignment a lot. My preference is mission. He has that for you. He's, he's given you a mission. And our, our, our regard needs to be put more on display. 
we we often will will regard people and what they think and worry about what is this person going to say how is my reputation going to be affected by this uh you know if i am regarding my myself as the temple of god and i choose not to engage in in a certain activity or uh, some behavior because of that what what might people say i don't care what i do care about is is the message that they receive from that and i am going to make sure that it is a, a message of of jesus and what he's done for us and i'm regarding myself as the temple as a sacred space of the spirit of god he has chosen me and i, I I have a, a fear of the Lord that is greater than a fear of man. And that's where my regard is going to lie. And, and that's that's what needs to be put on to, on display. We, we need to be able to, to rightly regard who God says that we are. We need to, to regard who it is that he is showing up for us as. And we need to regard that in one another as well. We can't miss the oneness factor in this. That's why it's so important to put on display and, and share with, with the people that you are closest with, the those that you are, are, are sharing oneness with, to let them know who it is that you are. It's so vitally important because if you don't, there is not uh, accountability there. You can you can show up when, when you all get together in just about any old way if people don't know who you're supposed to be, which just means that we are all missing out on, on a facet of the, of the body of Christ of the kingdom that has been put in you. If you don't show up in fullness, we've got to do a better job of holding one another accountable for this. It's not uh, unkind to hold someone accountable to who it is that God has called them, who it is that he says that they are. It's actually kindness to do so. We don't want anyone living a lesser than life. We, we want everybody to, to show up in fullness, in the fullness of who it is that God says you are in that definition of fullness, not anyone else's, not even our own. Our own definition of showing up in fullness should not be the definite, the, the definition. It needs to be God's absolutely has to be. So you are the temple. You are, are, are the dwelling place of God now. And, and my hope for you is that you will get into conversation with Holy Spirit and, and just look at what does regard look like for you? What is, it, what is he telling you that that regard looks like here? 
you know, uh, you, you can go back and, and sing the song about be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear. These are the type of things he might start talking to you about. What is it you're watching? What is it you're listening to? What is it you're, you're, you're taking in to the temple? Is it fit for sacred space? Is what you're taking in fit for sacred space? I don't know. I don't think this is going to look the same for everybody. Right now, what's what's fit for, for sacred space with me is very, very tight and is even more narrow today than it was two days ago. But you need to get into that conversation with the Holy Spirit and, and figure it out. <laughs> yes. Just broke out in song. Yeah. I don't remember the rest of the song, but uh, I, I do remember that. Be cautious about what you're taking in. It is, is what you are taking in in line with, with who God is calling you, with who he's showing you up to be, with the mission he's giving you, the message he's wanting to communicate through you. careful what you're taking into the temple you are sacred space i I mean if nothing else penetrates today i hope that does you are sacred space now what are you going to do with the sacred space how are you going to regard it think that's it. I love you all. And I hope you have a great and wonderful week.